In this episode, I will be having a conversation with Dr. Sherry Lewis, and we will be talking about how to find your purpose, taking and taking a leap of faith. And we'll, we'll talk about our inspiring, our inspiring journey from an Ivy League, Ivy League trained family doctor to becoming a missionary in Africa. She will also share some practical tips about finding your life purpose, stepping out of a comfort zone and following the call of God on your life. And uh, we'll also talk about adventure as an African-American living in African countries like Cameroon, Kenya, and also just in between living in African countries and living in Atlanta. I am so excited for this. Well, if you're just joining us for the first time, my name is Ni Adoreti, and I love having fun conversations like this. And on this um, video podcast, we have conversations and we talk about inspiring stories and interviews and conversations around leadership around christian spirituality and about living a successful life so hey do me a favor if you're watching live on youtube right now click the like button subscribe so you can um, get notifications about what we do weekly if you're listening to the audio podcast hey just subscribe leave us a review and uh, let us know what you think about this and also hey let me know where are you watching from if you're watching live right now or catching the replay tell me in the comment where you are watching from and by the way hey, you should check the links in the descriptions below i have some links to resources some of the resources um, by my guests by myself how to connect with my guests how to connect with me on different um, networks you'll find them in the description so make sure to check that out all right so i'm going to introduce my guest um, for today to you my guest today is dr sherry lewis uh, she's a medical doctor who has become a nation hopping missionary in Africa. People call her Mama Africa or Mama Sherry. She's a director of Bethel Atlanta Africa. She's also an author of nine fiction and two non-fiction books. Those books are really incredible. You should check those out. And um, you know, in two, in 2010, she founded Bethel Atlanta Africa. Started in Cameroon with a school of ministry. She's done seven classes so far, and um, and she's expanded beyond Cameroon. She's been to Kenya. She's traveled to Nigeria. She's looking to go into South Africa soon, and so many other countries. And she's just an incredible, amazing, inspiring woman. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome with me, Dr. Sherry Lewis. Hello, Dr. Sherry. Hi, how are you? Thanks for the invite. Happy to be here. Absolutely. It is my pleasure. Absolutely. And thank you for jumping on this um, interview with me. It's going to be awesome and incredible. All right, let's jump in. So let's start with, um, tell us your story. Um, it's kind of, I mean, as maybe because i'm african you know i mean you you, you understand this you know africans you <laughs> your parents send you to school right um they spend they invest a lot of money in you so you, you choose the safe courses so you either want to be an engineer a doctor a lawyer you know those kind of stuff and um <laughs> so you spend all that time i mean i'm imagining you spent i don't know how many years the doctors you spent quite a lot of 11 years so you spent 11 years trying to be a doctor you practiced uh, for 15 years um and then one day you wake up and say hey i'm done with this there's something else i'm supposed to do what did that feel like how did you know you were supposed how did you know that was your life purpose and what was it like stepping out th- that first time you took that step of faith 
gosh, I'm trying to figure out the shortest way to answer that question because I could <laughs> preach I could preach five sermons just on the question you just asked. Um, you know, I, I'm not I'm very familiar with what it is for the African child for mm. your career to be dictated by your parents. Mm -hmm. um, sort of the same thing happened to me. My father is a doctor. My sister is a doctor. Mm. I always wanted to be in fine arts. I always, I, and then when my dad said, don't do fine arts, do something stable. I wanted to be a psychologist. And somehow this artist, uh, teacher, lover of people ended up in medical school and mm. never loved it. I never, wow. never loved it. Never loved it. I loved helping people, but I didn't like the medical science aspect of it. And so I got into a prophetic ministry and in that prophetic ministry, and for years and years, I got all these prophetic words about going to the nations. Uh, I got a specific word that you will go to Africa and you will teach young Africans about purpose and destiny. That was 20 something years ago. 20 plus years ago. So the, the the reason that I was able to do it was because I had tons of prophetic words. I had tons of direction from the Lord. I had tons of confirmations of his heart for me and his plans for me and his ideas for me. And so, you know, when I say take a leap of faith, it really was more of a step of obedience. It was more of, this is what God has said. And so I'm gonna do what he said, trusting that he's gonna support me. So it was exciting, it was exhilarating, it was terrifying. It was so many emotions all at once. Um, and this year, celebrating my 10th anniversary, of course, looking back, I can see it was the best thing I ever did. But back then it, it, was, it was scary, but exciting at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine that. I mean, just taking that step. Um, I guess the, the question I would ask right now is, how do you, so for somebody who maybe might be in your shoes right now, maybe in a, maybe in a career path or going in a specific direction and getting this talking of, oh, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something else or I'm not finding fulfillment in this thing I'm doing and my passion is in something else. Um, just from your own um experience what are some tips you will give them on uh, how do you know this is what you're supposed to do and how do you take that first step in pursuing it because it's, it can be terrifying to be honest so uh, how, what are some practical tips you can give somebody who's kind of trying to figure that out again that's five sermons <laughs> <laughs> well actually the next book that i'm writing is called living by the whispers and oh. that is my greatest recommendation is that these kinds of things going after purpose of destiny taking huge leaps of faith doing crazy things how crazy it is you know to to, to quit your doctor job and move to another mm. continent that's insane and these kinds of crazy things should only be done in intimacy in partnership in close friendship with the holy spirit mm. so that's the first piece of advice is is do it from intimacy live by the whispers hear the voice of god and obey and you can always trust that he's going to be there that he's going to back you up i don't suggest just taking a risk from a thought that you had or idea that you had. Everything needs to be done in partnership with the Holy Spirit. So that's number one. Number two is I believe in prophetic community. Prophetic community is one of the greatest gifts in my life. And I love to build prophetic community wherever I go. And simply what that is, is being in relationship, in community, in accountability uh, to a group of people who value highly hearing the voice of God. And so you might hear something for yourself, but again, don't quit your job and move to a different continent without hearing 
affirmation from other people. You need to, to have prophetic voices in your life that can say, yes, this is the word of the Lord, or yes, this is God, but this isn't the time. Do this first, do that first. I believe in spiritual mentors, spiritual parents, not abusive ones, of course, but I believe in spiritual mentors and spiritual parents and prophetic community and just hearing the voice of God and living by his whispers. So for me, those are the greatest um, assets and needs in order to take a leap of faith and live a life of destiny. So good. Those are really, really good practical tips. Hey, if you're watching right now, especially if you're watching live and you have questions, hey, post the comments, uh, questions in the comments. Um, it will be awesome to hear um, some of our thoughts about what you think. And hey, don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube. Um, something I, um, two things I, I see you say over and over before I go to my next question is hearing the voice of God and also prophetic community accountability. Um, one of the challenges I find sometimes, especially for um, maybe those of us charismatics or Pentecostals, uh, we kind of value Holy Spirit and, and that. Sometimes people confuse hearing the voice of God and their own personal voice. I mean, in my day job as a pastor, I meet with people, I talk to people all the time and they tell me, hey, God told me to do this. And I kind of hear what they say God told them to do. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm not really sure if that's God. <laughs> that doesn't. I mean, I don't want to judge you. I mean, I don't. I don't want to judge you or judge your personal experience with God. But that kind of sounds a little bit out there and questionable. So how do you? How do you? But so I'm always trying to figure out hearing the voice of God because sometimes that sounds daunting. Like, oh my God, I need to hear God's voice. What does it? What does hearing the God's voice of God look like? I mean, I know it's like variations, but what do you think? Just practical tips. What does hearing God's voice look like? Yeah, one of my greatest recommendations to anybody who is a Christian is get somewhere and take a course on the prophetic. We have a prophetic course. There's prophetic courses through Bethel, through Prophetic Company. There are prophetic courses everywhere. It's a thing in the body of Christ, hearing the voice of God. And I, I have so many people that come to me the same way as you, where they say something and they're like, God told me. And I, I just, sometimes I just say, no, he didn't. He ain't said that. He ain't said that. That's nothing like his character. That's nothing like his nature. He did not say that to you, boo, no. And so I think I think one of the greatest priorities that we should have in our Christian walk is to learn to hear the voice of God. Take a class, read some books, get around other people that can hear the voice of God. It's all about relationship. Every single person is supposed to be able to hear the voice of God. It's a grace gift that is given to every single person who calls the name of Jesus. And so, you know, I, I get afraid when people hear only through their pastor, through their man of God. I get afraid when people hear and it's not God. Learn how to hear the voice of God. We're all supposed to. It's a gift that he's given to all of us. And then live in a community of people and be willing to listen and hear what they have to say just to make sure you have checks and balances on what That's you're doing. There's too much information out there on hearing the voice of God for mm -hmm. anyone not to hear and for anyone to be hearing wrong. So high priority, like make that the next thing you do. Make it a, a New Year's resolution. I'm going to take a course somewhere where I can learn to hear the voice of God. That is so good. Very practical. Um, <clears throat> I love that. Excuse me. Um, I, I want to ask about, so in about 2008, 2010, you kind of took that step of faith um and you you kind of just stepped out like I'm, i know i'm called to be a missionary and i'm just gonna go after it um what, what was it like what was some just looking back 10 years ago now um what was what, what was like 
those first couple maybe one or two years of taking that step of faith what was it like for you what were some things that you found um easy things you found challenging things you maybe would do you do differently just just looking back reflecting on 10 years ago when you first started that's a great question um it was scary but it was exciting and it it was all done from a place of intimacy literally living by the whispers otherwise i would have never made it and there were times that i was like am i crazy is this crazy and then anyone around me in community i would just get prophetic words i would get dreams first moving to cameroon was complete and total culture shock even now getting on a plane landing in cameroon and getting off the plane i feel like i'm on a different planet because it's a completely different world you know i had read books on the difference between cold culture and hot culture and african culture and all these things but there's no book that can prepare you for life in africa and so the first year or two i had a lot of homesick moments um there were a lot of things that i missed there was a lot of things that i wanted to come back to uh there would just be moments more than just culture shock of culture stress just the stress of being in a place so foreign and so different and so just a fish out of water um there were moments of doubt i think it was the second i can't remember if it was the second or the third year i was ready to shut the school down and come back i had encountered some difficulties and frustrations and was ready to give up thank god that never happened and so it just was a walk of intimacy um a walk of God strengthening me. I had a a series of prophetic w- words that I would listen to whenever I would get frustrated or whenever I wanted to give up and come home and I would just I would put those prophetic words on, I would play them and next thing I knew I would feel like I could take over the world and that I was going to mm. take the entire continent of Africa. So I I truly learned the gift of encouraging myself in the Lord and just continuing to persevere. African culture is amazing. Now I prefer Africa to America. Honestly, <laughs> like I am struggling to be here for the Christmas holidays and I'm struggling to be in America right now. I am most at home in Africa. I often joke and I say when I die, bury me on African soil because <laughs> I I truly am Mama Africa. It is it is taken over my DNA. But those first couple of years, it was it was challenging, but it was also these beautiful moments of discovery like oh this is how you do that this is what you eat oh my gosh you guys dance and sing for everything <laughs> this is what community looks like this is what real community looks like and so there were just so many amazing beautiful discoveries of of a different culture of a very rich beautiful culture and that 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 did a lot to my heart it has completely transformed the person that i am Awesome. Wow, that is so beautiful. Um Africa is there's no, there's no place like home to be honest. It's an awesome place. I and I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about so let's say someone's watching this right now. I mean, especially in the environment where I live right now, there there are a lot of people who feel called to Africa, which I mean Africa is Africa number one, Africa is a continent. Let's just start with that. The continent the <laughs> called to Africa kind of figure out where in Africa you're called to because every every region of Africa is different. Every country in Africa is different. Some have similarities, but still very different. And even within a country, there are several tribes that have different ways yeah. of life. Yeah. So, but anyway, just for the sake of generalization, somebody feels like I'm called to go to Africa. Um, maybe I've never been there before, <laughs> but feel that call. Or maybe I've visited once or twice and feels like I'm supposed to go to Africa. I'm called to do that. What should they do first? What are the first maybe 
two or three steps they should do that would set them up for success as a missionary in, yeah. in Africa? That's another book. Um, <laughs> it, is. it really, really is. I think the first and most important thing to do is to shed the mindset and the perspective of the poor Africa. Mm. I, Savior, going to save the poor Africa. Please get rid of that because you'll be useless and you'll be... Oh, I, I can't stand missionaries that come over like, oh, I'm coming to save the day. I'm, and, and then they come and they impose American culture on Africa. Don't do that. If you feel like American culture is superior to African culture, stay your butt at home. Stay in America. Mm. Come to Africa to learn. Come to be impacted. Come to be imparted. Everything that I've given out in Africa, I've received a hundred times more. It has literally changed everything about me. So shed the mindset of I'm going to save the poor African. Please stay home if that's the mindset. The second thing is study some things about African culture. Learn, you know, and like you said, it's very diverse. People ask me, do you speak African? And I'm like, do you speak dumb? <laughs> like, what do you mean do I speak African? Jesus, in Cameroon alone, there are 244 dialects. No, I don't speak African. What are you talking about? So learn a little something before you go, because otherwise, everywhere you go, people are going to be rolling their eyes at you. And mm being offended. Don't go over there offending folks because when you go over there with your limited, closed off American mindset, you're going to offend so many people. Learn, read. I read books. I watched videos. I, I read so many books before I went. And then I went as a student. I went humble. I didn't, again, I didn't go as the great American savior. I went asking questions. Tell me what this means. Tell me why people do this. Tell me tell me this about the culture. And, and, and I went as a student of the culture. And I built a team and I allowed my team to advise me on how to interact, on how to build, on how to how to grow things. So go as a student and go with a rich appreciation for the strongest continent on the planet. Go with an, an appreciation and honor Africa. Mm. Don't go over there with the superior American mindset. Please stay in America if that's who you are mm. and if that's what you think. But if you want to be a student of one of the most amazing places on the continent, then, then you're ready. Yeah, so go to learn, go to be impacted, go to blend with the culture. Do not superimpose American culture on Africa. The only thing I've superimposed is being on time. That's the only thing I insist. <laughs> That's the only thing I'm like, no, 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 no. We, <laughs> we don't have time for everything that we do. But other than that, be a student, learn, and mm. just, just know that everything is different and drink it in. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It will change your life. Don't go over there to change it. That is so awesome. Thank you for saying those. Those are really practical steps. I think everybody should, anybody would, um, should learn from those. Um, let's talk about your book. So you read, you wrote this book. I'm going to show it on the screen quickly. Okay. Um, let me see if I find it. It's the God Zone. Yeah. How to take a leap of faith into your purpose and destiny. And um, I guess it's talking about some of your story of stepping out and and going for what you feel like um, God is calling you to do. Tell us a little bit about this book. What is it about? What's yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It is basically my journey. It starts. I think with me four or five years old, because that's the question. How in the world did you quit your job as a doctor and end up in Africa? Uh, and it, it started long, long, long ago. So it's just the whole story of the unfolding of going from being a medical doctor to a missionary in the nations of Africa. But more than that, it is a guidebook for people wanting uh, to take a leap of faith of their own. It teaches you about intimacy with God. It teaches you about hearing the whispers and living by the whispers and taking those great leaps 
practice of faith. It teaches you about the dark moments and how to manage the dark moments. And it just, for everyone that I know that's read it, I, I have five close friends that, you know, from hearing my stories and, and things, they quit their jobs and went on adventures of their own. Wow. One of them is a full-time missionary. She's in the Dominican now. She's moving to Kenya. Another started her own business. Another started her own business. Another um, did her own business for a while and then ended up in a better job. So it just, for anyone that's looking to take their own leap of faith, it's not just like you're reading my story and then you close the book and you're like, wow, that was interesting. No, by mm -hmm. the time you finish reading the book, if you're searching, if you're searching for purpose and destiny, you'll be ready to take that leap yourself. That is so good. I love that. You're ready to take that leap of faith. I was, while you were speaking, a thought came to my mind and um, I was thinking about, um, so say somebody will, um, let me use myself as an example. So I'm African, right? I'm Nigerian. I currently live in the US. I've lived here for a couple of years now. And um, my kids are here, I'm married and, and I love, I'm thankful that I live here. So maybe there's someone like me who live in this place as beautiful life in a foreign country and just living there, but also feel this pull to, I want to invest. I want to do something for my own country or for my own continent, but I don't feel like I'm supposed to maybe not move or maybe the timing is not right yet, but I feel like there's, there's a call to do something. Um, how do you navigate that tension of knowing, hey, I feel like there's a call to invest or to pour into or to pursue this purpose, but at the same time, it's not really time yet. I'm maybe struggling with the timing or the how to. What are some practical tips of navigating that? What do you think? It, it's funny. Every question you ask me, I feel like the answer is intimacy. And I always <laughs> that in, in School of Supernatural Ministry, mm. that 95% of the questions that you ask, the, the answer is going to be intimacy. And so... Mm. Just lean into Holy Spirit and say, what what are, what are you doing and what are you saying? I feel called, I feel pulled. Is this the time? And if not, how do I get involved? And I think it's great to partner with people who are already doing something on the continent. So, you know, if, if, if I'm there, like I loved coming to Reading last year and just meeting you and the whole group of, of African students because I've developed a relationship with some of them and some of them are looking forward to coming to visit us at our different sites. So, you know, you may want to do a visit, you may do something like this. I mean, after Corona, everything is online. So you may do some ministry online, you may financially support, you may support as an intercessor. My God, we need prayer warriors covering, covering us 24 seven. The most important thing, whether you are moving to Africa, whether you are visiting Africa, whether you want to sow into Africa, you know, with teaching, with time, with whatever, is to form a healthy partnership. I mm. love Africa. I love my folks, but we got a bunch of scammers. We got a mm. bunch of people who, when they see American, they see dollar signs. So when you're partnering on the African continent, make sure it is someone trusted. I hate, I hate showing the ugly parts, but, but I would, you know, I'd be, I'd be not giving good advice if I didn't say this, that uh -huh. make sure you partner well, partner with someone trustworthy, partner with uh, someone that somehow you know their heart. You have a connection with them enough that you can trust their heart. And then just begin asking questions of the Holy Spirit. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to contribute? You know, how, mm -hmm. am, I, how am I supposed to give? There's, there's a lot. There's so much that can be done. There's so much that we need, 
you know, I can I can rattle off 10 things that I need right now that someone mm. in America could do from a distance. And so mm. there's so much. The need is great. The yield is great. You know, whatever mm. whatever you pour out multiplies there so far beyond anything that that gets poured out here. I don't know what that is. There's such a, mm. a multiplicative factor that happens on African soil. What whatever little bit you give, God just multiplies it. I don't know whether that's my experience or whether that's just a rule in the mm. spirit, but mm-hmm. just anything that you give is going to be huge, whether it's time, whether it's finances, whether it's intercession, whether it's a, an hour of teaching, it can change lives, it can change mindsets. So just talk to the Holy Spirit about how to partner, find a good, trustworthy partner, and then just jump in with both feet. Awesome. I love that. And um, before I, I was going to go into something else, but I, you mentioned something that I thought I, should, I wanted to pick out, and that is the need. What do you feel like? I mean, you're kind of on ground. You've been there 10 years now. Uh, so you have a good picture. You've been to different African countries. Um, what, what is the What are the biggest needs, uh, maybe for you personally, or just looking at the continent from your perspective as a missionary? What would you, what would you say are like the biggest needs right now that we can invest in sorry my parents phone is ringing and i don't know why they're not answering it they both looked <laughs> at it for a while and then they decide which one's going to answer it and all of that kind of stuff so just excuse us in it. it's all right <laughs> um oh what do we need we need finances i mean mm. i need to do ministry a little bit of money goes a lot further but you know we need we need finances we need skilled teachers now i i you know i run a bethel atlanta school of supernatural ministry so i need people infiltrated with the culture i get a lot of people that say i want to come teach and i'm like well what, what you talking about what you what, what do you believe you know so we need skilled pe- people filled with the culture of the kingdom prophetic mm. voices prophetic teachers people that um i don't know there's 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 a lot in I'm choosing my words carefully. Mm. Uh, there's a lot in African culture, in religion, that there's a lot of error. And mm. so we need correctors of that error. We need people that can bring true kingdom messages. Um, I need skilled help. I need social media folks. And um, what I, you know, God gave me the other morning, I, God said, What do you need? Tell me what you need. Project managers, skilled mm. social media people, teachers finances, uh, resources, books, um, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. I find that in some places that people haven't, you know, one thing I do appreciate about the US so much is that the level of exposure, the level of training, the level of everything that we have. And so sometimes I, I, I struggle with finding people with the same level of expertise in certain areas, like a certification in project management or a lot of knowledge about the world of social media, you know? And so sometimes it's that skilled expert expertise that we need to help move the the cause forward that is so good that's a good that's a practical really practical needs um i want to talk about bethel atlanta africa which is the um i guess the umbrella under which you build the schools and the kingdom leadership and everything else that you do so you started from cameroon you've kind of expanded to kenya and it looks like you are going into other countries um soon tell us a little bit about bethel atlanta africa what is that about and what's the yeah bethel atlanta africa started 10 years ago in uh boy oh 
Yeah, that's <laughs> how it started 10 years ago in, in Boya, Cameroon, a little, little town in the southwest region of Cameroon. And it started off as a Bethel Atlanta School of Supernatural Ministry. I was hard headed back then. Bethel says, if you're going to start a school, you need to start a church. I didn't want to start a church. Learn <laughs> that it really is smart that they do know what they're talking about. And so mm-hmm. we ha- now have Bethel Atlanta um, Cameroon Family Fellowship. There's a church there. Wow. There's a school of supernatural ministry there. That's a nine month school. It's an actual full full school for supernatural ministry. We Uh moved to Kenya and Kenya, we've also started a church fellowship first this time, hallelujah. Uh And we also have the Kingdom Leadership Academy there, which is us not being ready to start a school yet. It's me Uh training up leaders um, to be able to start a school. So we're still Uh building leaders there. We're not sure when we're gonna launch the school in Kenya. Corona kind of threw the whole schedule off. And then we've got partners in Nigeria, Lagos, Nigeria. We're building a partnership in Abuja, Nigeria as well. I love Nigeria. I love our partners. Lagos is crazy, but I love it. I love it. (laughs) Lagos is crazy. Of course, Lagos is crazy. (laughs) Um, So we have partners there that we're building with. And we have partners in Botswana um, that we're partnering with, with Sozo. We also have Sozo in... um, Sozo, uh, my my transformation director is the Sozo director in, oh, for all of Cameroon. She's a Sozo director for Kenya. She's partnered with the Sozo director for Nigeria and they've gone into Togo. They're doing Sozo in Botswana now as well. We're also spreading Bethel uh, Sozo Africa around the continent because inner healing is such a huge need. And then in South Africa, I have a a spiritual daughter in South Africa who used to be in Cameroon and moved there. And so she's interested in starting a school there. So we're we're established well in Cameroon, building in Kenya and then partnering in other countries. I'm not sure that I would build a base in any other country. I think in other countries, it'll be partnerships. Mm. And one of the things I keep getting prophetic words about is building an apostolic network for Mm. anyone that's interested in the kingdom culture across the continent of africa Mm, that is so beautiful i mean um something that something i see on you is kind of like this building like you have this gift to build systems and i mean just seeing what you've done in 10 years you've basically you've you've mentioned about six countries if i keep my count if i my count is correct i'm like oh wow how how did she do this in 10, 10 years like all these partnerships and connections and all that that, that is beautiful. How do you do that? How do you, what's some, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, yeah, as an African-American living in Africa, making all these connections with Africans, learning the culture at the same time, pioneering something. How do you do that? Like, how do you connect with people, build systems in, in foreign cultures that you're kind of still learning and understanding how they function? Uh, I think it's love. I mm. think my agenda is love my heart is love i am just a big old ball of love and when people feel loved they open their arms wide to you mm-hmm. and when they feel like the only thing that you want from them is something for them when you want them to be the best when you want to pour into them i, I all i call them my kids all i want from my kids is to see them grow, to see them become the best that they can possibly be. I wanna see them pursue purpose and destiny. I wanna see the continent of Africa transformed by the glory of God. And so Mm. I think people open their hearts because they feel the love and they feel 
they feel that I want what's best for them. And then yeah. I just, I have a lot of favor on my life. I have the uh, favor of God is, is one of my big things. So I have a lot of favor with God and favor with man um, because of love and because of my passion to yeah. see Africa transformed. That is so good. That's awesome. And uh, I was going to ask you about um, how do you navigate dealing with, because um, let's be honest, you probably deal with some stress sometimes, disappointment, frustrations, yeah. you know, moments where you're like, I don't, why am I doing this again? <laughs> I just want to pack up and go. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, how do you deal with, because I mean, that's probably and burnout, obviously, especially for missionaries. I mean, for anybody building anything, doing anything um, significant, you always deal with burnout, stress and all that. Um, what are, what are some practical ways that you deal with when you find yourself in those moments where you're just exhausted, you're tired, you feel like you have no energy to go on, or maybe you're frustrated because you're dealing with certain people, situations that are just rubbing you off wrongly. Yeah. How, how do you deal with those? Um, the number one answer is intimacy. So uh -huh. I just, in those moments, I crawl into God's lap. I lay my head on his chest and... I just allow him to love on me, to strengthen me, to comfort me. And then I think the number two is what you just said. You said, what am I doing here? I, I go back to my reason. I go back mm -hmm. to the initial dream in in our hearts, in me, God's hearts. And I, I remember, what am I doing here? Um, mm -hmm. I listen to my prophetic words. I study my prophetic words. And then God always does something. He always does something to encourage me. It's always like this huge gift, a huge encounter. I've had some amazing encounters with God in those moments when I was completely ready to give up. Like the Holy Spirit shows up in my bedroom at night and boom, there's an explosion and something happens. And then I, you know, like, oh, my life is yours. I give myself all over again. I'll lay down lover. I'll do anything that you ask me to do. I mean, he just has these rescuing things that he does when it gets really bad. When, when sitting in his lap doesn't work when remembering why doesn't work when reviewing my prophetic words doesn't work then he just shows up in a huge love encounter and um i think now i, I think for the last two years uh i've just decided i, I preached a sermon january 2019 on my 50th birthday and i mm -hmm. said i am your burning one and no matter what no matter what happens no matter how difficult no matter the disappointment no matter the frustration i am not taking back my life i'm not going to get up off the altar i lay myself on the altar i am your burning one consume me my life belongs to you and i think you know the answer is intimacy again in that I am so in love with him that I would do anything for him. And in the most frustration, in the most pain, in the most difficulty, I just go back to our love, me and God. And that that gets me through more than anything. Wow. <clears throat> that is amazing. Uh, so cool. Yeah, I love, you know, I, I, I really love I mean, you've said intimacy so many times and it's like, that's like the foundation everything. Of, of everything, uh, of everything that you do. And even the foundation of life itself. It's like, if we, if we take time to cultivate our connection and our relationship with the Lord and we strengthen that, everything else seems to just work out. Absolutely. It's just flow. It, it makes it easy. It's almost like, I don't know what to do. God, I need you. <laughs> yeah. And and his strength just comes from that place of my life is surrendered to you. So I would do what you've called me to do because I know you are with me. Yeah. That is amazing. 
I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, random questions. I wanted to ask some random questions that may or may not have anything to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> but okay. random questions like um, um, your team. Tell me a little bit about your team. I want to hear some names, just oh. people. I know there's quite a lot of them, but I don't. I, I, I see faces, but I don't really know them. So tell me about your team. I've been gifted with the most amazing world changers. Like that mm. is that is one of the secrets to my success is the gift mm. that God has given me in sons and daughters. Mm. I have, and I, I hate to start mentioning names because then I'm going to leave somebody out yeah. and somebody's going to get feelings hurt, but. I have Wango Boris. He is the senior leader in Cameroon, and he is pure fire. He is pure oh. fire. If if you're in, if you're sitting under him preaching and you don't get slain, you might need to check your pulse. You might. <laughs> like literally, he preaches, and there are bodies everywhere. And then mm. there is Bessie. She is the director of the school, uh, Bessie Nchenge. She's the director of the school. She's also the transformation director. And she has become little mama Africa. Like wow. sometimes they call, they, they say, they call her mama. And I think they're talking to me and I'm like, wow, she's become the mother wow. there. Mm. I have uh, the, the resident pastor there. His name is Kingsley Oscar Ndive. He's married to Bethel, who is our financier on, on staff, the financial director. Um, and he is the resident pastor and also an incredible worship leader. We are trying to re- release albums soon. He's written 45 amazing wow. songs. I'm like, dude, 45? Yo, what, what, what you and Jesus been doing? You know? <laughs> we have our resurrector, uh, Pastor Sako, who I think, I, I think the last count was six resurrections from the dead. Wow. Sometimes I say five and a half because one of them died again two weeks later, but he was like a 90 year old pa. So we <laughs> let that pa in heaven, you know? <laughs> Um, there is Randolph. He is our musician and technical guy in uh, Cameroon, and he's just a brilliant sword. There's my daughter mm-hmm. Lena in Cameroon, who is an apostle in her own right, and I am personally mentoring her to become an apostle to the nations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have Dennis Wambugu. He is the pastor there. He and Boris are twins in the spirit, I think, because he's oh. another slayer who slays, is what we call oh. him. Slayer who mm-hmm. slays. And um, then I have uh, Vicky and Zach, who are a husband and wife couple. Vi- uh, mm-hmm. Vicky is the prophet of the house, and Zach is an intercessor extraordinaire. And wow. then there's Vivian and Anthony. They are another married couple on our on our team there, and uh, they are creative artists. They bring the creativity and the arts to to everything that we do. And then I have my Vinci, who is our worship leader, who is a ball of fire. Wow! 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 Yeah, we lost you for a second, but yeah. she was. <laughs> My parents in the woods, so sometimes it feels like African. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> that is so fun. Yeah, I've got 24 staff members, and they're wow. incredible, incredible, incredible people. Incredible people. That is awesome. Awesome. Wow, you are blessed. I mean, I'm listening to those names. I'm like, oh man, God, that is amazing. Just incredible. <laughs> if you guys are listening, I am so proud of you all. And I'm looking forward to connect with you all someday. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for pouring it into your countries, your communities. God is moving. It's Africa's time. Um, God is moving path. There's so many prophetic words right now about um, what God is doing in Africa. Now that's going to affect the entire world. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm keeping my eye closed on what God's doing in the continent because I know it's going to affect the entire world. Yes. And so 
um thank you for just those amazing sons and daughters yeah. all right so how can we support better atlanta africa this is an organization a community that is worth supporting and pouring into how can we practically support you right now Thank you. Uh, that, there it is right there on the screen. Donate and pray. We need intercessors. Anybody that's a committed intercessor, please get to me some kind of way because our plan is to send out a monthly intercessory list of things that we need prayer for. And mm -hmm. then you can also donate. You know, we're about to start a huge end of the year uh, funding campaign just to, to fund the whole of next year. We've got some mm -hmm. big projects right now. We're trying to take our whole curriculum online. Mm -hmm. Corona helped us with that. And mm -hmm. we've done a few online programs so far and they've been amazing. Mm. amazing so we're trying to take everything online i also want to do a southern african tour next year to build relationships and to start establishing some things we're we're in the west we're in the east and now it's time for us to go south so i need to spend some time in southern africa so that's another thing that would help and then i just need more help there's too much stuff on my plate you know they mm. say when you're fundraising that people fund projects, they don't pay salaries, but I need some help. I need a, I need a project manager, mm. I need a social media specialist. I need, mm. I need some help. I need a personal assistant so I don't go completely gray, you know? <laughs> I need some help. And so yeah. anything that anyone donates at this point would help us to get our online curriculum up and running for the first year before it can start making its own money. They would help uh, with the Southern African tour that I'm really mm -hmm. excited about. Mm -hmm. It would be South Africa, Botswana, Zimbabwe, and Namibia. That's what so I'm looking good. forward to. Yes, can't wait. Awesome. And then it would help me to get help. I need a project manager. I need a social media specialist and I need a personal assistant. We have other projects fun, but that's what's really on my heart right now. Yep. Things. Yep. So Every little bit helps. Every mm -hmm. little bit helps. Awesome. So if you're watching and you feel a tug on your heart, please go to this link. It's going to be my um, description below. So look for it in the descriptions and just go to this link, BethelAtlantaAfrica.com. I think it's slash donate and just support any way you can and um, pour into what God is doing through Dr. Sherry and a team in Africa. Thank and you. and yeah, just support them. I, I believe they are worth supporting. Dr. Sherry, yeah. final word. Someone is watching this right now and is like, oh, I feel fired up to pursue the things that God has called me to do, whatever that looks like, whether it's ministry, career, business, entrepreneurship, whatever. Um, what is your final word to them? right now oh my final word is god is worthy of your whole life mm. the best investment that you could make the best life that you can choose is a god adventure any idea mm. that you have for yourself is going to pale in comparison to the ideas that he has for you i never would have dreamed of doing what i'm doing now in my wildest dreams this is not the story that what i would have written so mm. develop intimate relationship with the father develop intimate relationship with your, with the father and then make a decision that whatever he says i'm going to do and then go after it with all your heart fully and completely assured that he is going to back you he's going to finance you he's going to mm. take care of you he's going to give you a brilliant life adventure i love my life i have an incredible life i have an amazing life that i never could have dreamed happen and that was mm. all in partnership with god and so if he's telling you to do something trust him it is worth mm. it if you're if you're if you're not moving because of fear that's 
crazy. It's foolish. It's stupid. Like mm. he is so worthy of trust. He's so worthy of, of taking a leap because whatever it is that he is clearly telling you to do, he's going to back you a hundred percent. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be fun. It's going to be, you know, sometimes people think that to lay down your life for the Lord, it's sacrifice. It's difficult. Mm. It's hard. That's a lie. It is the most fulfilling life that you could possibly have. He's not going to lead you somewhere where you have to struggle every single day just to serve mm. God. He's going to lead you into a life that you want. What he wants for you is what you want for yourself because he made you and he created you for joy, for happiness, for fulfillment and for impact. And so whatever his idea is, is the best possible idea. So go for it. Whatever he's saying. Yeah, go for it. Intimacy. Remember that. That's something that Sherry has said over and over today. Intimacy, your relationship with God. Just let that be your foundation and then just take the step and go for it. And if you and she also mentioned community. Make sure you're plugged in with a group of people who love and care about you. I will also give you sound uh, feedback so that you're hearing God for yourself and hearing God with people around you and hey just go for it if dr sherry can do it you can do it if she's been able to build all this in 10 years just imagine what you can do imagine the lives that you can impact the people somewhere in, in the part of the world who are just waiting for you to take that first step and if you're not called to go or maybe it's not your time to go yet then support those who are on the ground building something right now dr sherry this has been so awesome and incredible I wish I could go on and on, but I'm going to stop here. And and I want to thank everybody who's watched live with us. I want to thank um, Vivian. Vivian, thank you for watching from Kenya. Hey, um, Kate, Kate from Kenya. Hey, thank Kate. you for kids. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony, thanks for jumping in. I have Afro accessories. Hi, Mary. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you, everybody who joined us live. For those watching the replay, thank you. Hey, remember to like and subscribe. And I'm looking forward to my next conversation with my next guest, Dr. Sherry. I hope you enjoyed the rest of your day. And wherever you are, peace be unto you. Thanks.